one to two. Healthy. I'm 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 Nicole M. Schreiber. I'm Jessica Michelle Singleton. We're comedians in Los Angeles. For those of you who don't know us, apparently we just abandoned our the intro we've been doing. <laughs> Where are we going? Because we're we just because there's because we're filthy. You get it, and we're, we're nerds. nerds, and, and there's, there's two of us. There's you can count. Um, yeah, good for you. Honestly, well, uh, we. You know, we have a lot of new listeners and we're really excited you guys are here. We're just going to explain how this goes. Uh, we start every episode off with a, a little ranting and raving. Yeah, we call it Running Our Filthy Mouths. We've got a little segment bitching about stuff and then we'll get into the Harry Potter breakdown. Yeah. So, so you know, fast forward through this if you don't want to hear us talk about uh, anything pertaining to ourselves or the world around us. Yeah, I feel like I don't care about you. Get to the wizardy meat. Yeah, the, the wizard meat. Get, give me that meaty wizard goodness. Mm. What's uh, I want to Dementors kiss your podcast. That's how I suck a dick. Yeah. Like a anyway, have we had um, this conversation? Already? I can't wait to watch you suck a dick. Um, like what? a dementia. What? I don't know. Ugh. I mean, I, I, I haven't hit uh, OnlyFans level of either needing money or being attractive enough. So Godspeed to everyone on there because here's the thing. You I are business you women are, and I can't achieve it. I think you are absolutely 100% attractive enough to be an OnlyFans girl. Thank you. Well, I just think you, you have um, too much personality uh, for anyone to be able to fully jerk off. You mean I'm annoying? Yeah, that's fun. You just have a lot of personality. You've got, you got so much to yeah, say. Yeah, sort of ruins it when I'm like, oh yeah, isn't this funny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at nipple hair. And oh, like, I'm doing Arr. bits about my bits. Hey, uh, there's something for everyone, allegedly. Whatever gets you there, guys. Um, it's definitely us. Okay. Mm, yeah. Amphetamines. So today we are going to run our mouths about a topic that is very near and dear to me right now, <sighs> which is communication in a in a relationship, in dating, in and dating with, with someone you're trying to see a partner. Uh, so some people are not good at it, and it's and they're narcissists. Oh well, I mean, if we're gonna they talk think about, they're good at it, I oh, I mean, if we're gonna talk about dating narcissists, that's like a whole. That's a whole other thing. That's all. I mean, it is the, I mean, it's a, probably a root of an issue. Some people have when they date narcissists, but, uh, I don't know. It's so simple to answer a text, a text. So yeah. simple to like, how are you doing? Or I'm really busy and I'm not available right now. Uh, let's talk later. Yeah, something like that. Anything like that. Just one thing to let someone know why would you want to consistently have sex with someone hang out with someone connect with someone in person and then all of a sudden when it comes to texting you just don't know what to do i'm gonna say something and it's not gonna make a lot of people happy uh because they don't want to do anything but have sex with you is the rest is like doing just enough so they can have sex with you but or get whatever they need whatever type of fulfillment they're trying to to me to me if, if he's willing to like hang out with me, go on hikes, go get food, all of that stuff. Yeah. And have sex. Why wouldn't he just, it's so much like, if we're talking about doing the bare minimum to just be able to fuck someone, like, I feel like texting is truly a bare minimum. I think so. But I also think that like dating is weird and living in LA, there's a lot of, uh, garbage people. And also I don't have the healthiest upbringing or framework for what 
constitutes a healthy relationship. That's a fair thing that I've had to like work on. But to me, if a guy's not texting you or calling you, he's doing so he's not that interested. He's yeah, he's not exactly. He's doing something else. Or like, if you want to jump to the far end of the spectrum, which is where I like to jump is that he's probably with another girl is where my brain goes. And even if he's not, it's like, I agree. I totally agree. I, I think there's a few assumptions that can be made when someone's not getting back to you. Another girl, not that into you. Um, dead. I dead, mean, which dead. is what I pray for. I every mean, every time. time, every single time. Oh, oh the guy's not, I mean, I'm in a relationship with someone now who pretty early on, and I think a little bit of this was because I had a roommate who thought he was being ghosted and he kept talking about it. So I hadn't heard from the guy I'm now dating in 12 hours. It was early on. It was like the, he just kind of disappeared in the evening. We were not a couple. And I was like, hey, are you ghosting me? And he wasn't. And boy, was that such an uncomfortable thing to be like, no, I I just fell asleep. And I was like, I realize how crazy that. How, how soon into the relationship was that? I don't know. It was probably like a month, couple weeks, a month. And how tr- truly, what was his reaction to that? Like, what was his level of like, you crazy? Was he truly actually feeling that because I said something to this guy about being like, Hey, so you had the situation is you have a guy who likes to just not reply for days, days. Also I've expressed number one, our, on our first date, I said, Hey, I'm just putting this out there right now. Number one thing, whatever happens, don't fucking ghost on me. Just give me the respect of being like, Hey, not into you. That's it. That's my, my number one thing. Yeah. And of course, everyone says yes when they're into someone because they don't anticipate. Yeah. Ever. What's going ever to happen. up. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm so this. Or people want to believe that. They're like, of course, I'm a good communicator. And then, you know, they send you a message in a bottle and they're like, I've moved to Fiji or whatever. Yeah. Wow. That is. No, no one I ever dated could afford to move. Yeah. I was just going to say, you never dated anybody with that much money. You didn't date anybody with move to Fiji. Yeah. Let alone vacation. If anything, it would be a like no written on the back of an eviction notice. Yeah. yeah, I'm homeless now. Please don't try to contact me. No BRB. Bye. Um, I have nothing. Please leave. Imagine someone breaking up with you. I'm in peril and have nothing to care for myself. And I still would like to never see you again. No matter how much. This beeping. I am so sorry. Yeah. How do you turn off? Should we pause this? Yeah. Let's pause. Okay. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Uh, it's technology. What can you do? Technology, what can you do? Uh, I, there's part of me that because this guy is older, I think he's maybe not tech savvy. I don't know. No, that I, I mean, no one wants to be the friend saying that's something you're telling yourself to feel better, but like he's not 85. Yeah. He's, it, I just feel like, I don't know why people string things along. Like if you're not into someone enough or you're not into a relationship in general enough that you're willing to commit that time to someone, maybe you like that person, but maybe you're just not willing to, you know, give them enough of your time, what they need. It's like, don't, why would you drag someone along? It's a yeah. shitty move. In addition to the fact that, I mean, it's not like I'm that woman who's like, I am a biological clock. I want kids. It's not like I have this like urgent deadline, but I still don't want to waste my time. No, it's it's like, you know, you're looking for a relationship, some a, a connection that I can experience on a day-to-day basis. When I had, so my first conversation with him, I was like, Hey, I need you to be communicative with me. That's a big thing for you. It's a big thing for me. By the way, 
Not a big ask. Not, oh, I'm not being like, hey, you know, I think you need to take me on dates more. Hey, you know, I think you need need to get me, I'd like flowers. Can you get me flowers? Can you make me food? Like, I am asking for you to just respond to my text messages. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so then the second time I had this issue, I was like, you know what? I'm fucking done. I've already asked him once. I've made that boundary up very clear. Yeah. You, you know? were very upfront, which is the right thing to do. It's if you know what you want and need in a relationship, there is not only is there no harm, but I think the healthiest thing you can do is be upfront and go, listen, I know what I like. I know what I need for yeah. my needs to be met yeah. by a partner. This is it. Yeah. If you can't do that, cool, but it's not a good fit. Yeah. And I have all. I was just going to say something else, but I'm, I'm not going to. Why? Um, no, because I was like, that's a whole other tangent. Just like the idea that I never Spoiler felt. Spoiler alert, he's not listening to your podcast. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I just, I always had this feeling that he wasn't like into me as much as like guys I've been with in the past. And like that always like kind of bugged me. Like I, like I want a guy to like well, see me thing. and be like, and oh, I just want to fucking rip you apart. And yeah. I never felt like he had that like mugging uh, for me. Well, then if that's something you want and you've never felt that, are you just waiting for the spark? to? No, I don't think I, I don't think I, I, in my mind, I thought at some point, um, maybe he was not totally a hundred percent comfortable with me. And once he got comfortable with me, cause I don't know, maybe some girls don't like that. I don't know. I don't know what my rationale is. But when I, when I, said something to him the second time. And I was at this point, I wasn't saying something to him. I was literally like, we're done. We're breaking up. Yeah. You're like, I, you obviously can't communicate. I don't want to do this. Anymore. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, if I wasn't responding to your text messages, why didn't you reach out and ask me what was wrong? Maybe something was wrong with me. Why did what? you forget about you? I'm like, wait, you didn't tell me that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's so manipulative also if he knows you cherish communication and now he's using that as like a gift to be like oh i'm finally contacting you yeah but i mean that's what i that's what bugs that with all of this has bugged me so much it's like he tried to like flip it back around on me and i was like hey listen if there's something wrong you tell people like no one no man no woman i'm sorry if you are someone who has the reaction that oh they should just know i'm I'm hurting. They should know something's wrong. If that were the case, which it turned out there was nothing wrong. Yeah. What did you go? What was something wrong? No, I, 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 at that point I was just like, I was like, I just, I was so speechless that I, I think I just sat there and just like, look, cause we were FaceTiming and I just looked at him and I was like, I don't know. Sorry. Did he communicate that something was wrong? No. To go, whoa, maybe no, something was like, he was to like, go, he, well, he, how yeah. do you know something wasn't wrong and nothing was wrong? That's that is psychotic. At that, he did apologize. He was like, Hey, I should, I should have responded to you. I just got wrapped up in my work. Whatever. What is, what is his I was like, I was like, no one is so wrapped up in their work that they don't they have time go. to respond to three different text messages. No, those text messages were not questions. They weren't like this, like time sensitive matter where I was like, Hey, get back to me or let me know. It was just, I said things and you just, if, if I was in a room with you and I was like, God, I love cherries. I'm doing an impression of him. <laughs> That's so weird. You would be like, ah, cherries aren't my thing. Yeah, no, it's, you, you say something. I mean, if you the person something. you're dating, at the very least you go, hey, I want to talk about this more. 
I'm really busy or just go, yeah. Hey, sorry. If I'm not responding a lot, I'm very busy with my work. It's Some not hard day. to like, it's not hard. You don't, this is not something you need to do with every single person who tries to contact you. I mean, God knows in this day and age with technology, we're all inundated, but if you're dating someone, yeah. someone in your close circles, yeah. some, if you have seen someone in person during a quarantine, yeah, you should respond to their fucking text messages. I That's, just, I just, I just don't. It's so funny because I have all the time in the world right now, but I just don't have time for this. And now I'm like, well, no, it's by the way. Now I'm not responding to him at all. Now he's texting me. What is the deal with people who don't care until you ignore them like this? Is it a, is it like a game like this whole cat and mouse? Oh, I'm fucking not into that. By one of the things he said to me, he goes, he goes, I'm just worried. Maybe you're the kind of girl who uses breaking up as like some sort of tool. I was like, no, I am. Absolutely. Breaking up as some sort of tool. Like, cause I, when I had called him the second time and I was like, we're done. And he was like, are you using this as a tool? I was like, no. What, not, do you, what does yeah, he mean? No, a tool? But like, like a weapon, like to weaponize, like being breaking up where it's like, I was doing it to get a reaction out of him. No, I, like, I no, don't I want genuinely. To. I don't want, I don't want non-communicative people. Are you using this as a tool? I don't think he said the word tool. That was my making. As a weapon. I don't think he said weapon, but I was, he was like, are you, he said something like, are you using this to get a reaction out of me or something like that? No, I'm using it to break up with you. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. That was, that was just me trying to break up. And then he apologized and was like, I, I really like being with you. I, I don't want to, I don't want to end this. And I was like, all right, cool. Well then just fucking get back to me. And then you know, this whole week has been me like writing to him and him giving me these short answers or no answers. The gist of what we're bitching about is patterns. <laughs> I just, the thing is, is that a narcissist doesn't know that, will not acknowledge that their behavior is shitty. So if that's the case, then like in his mind, nothing has been done wrong. If you, Look, if you cannot do basic communication with someone you're dating, you cannot just get back to them. When they've communicated what that means to them, you're not fit to be in a relationship or not with that person. Maybe you don't like talking every day. That's fine. Date someone who also doesn't like talking every day. Yeah. Because if someone wants someone they can communicate with regularly, they can have a regular conversation with, that's not an insane thing to ask. And if that's not in your wheelhouse... Why would you waste someone's time, waste someone's emotional energy? It's shitty. If you're doing that knowingly, you're a psychopath, you're a narcissist, you're whatever the diagnosis is, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, if you're going like, oh, well, she'll get mad, but I'll just apologize and tell her I'll be better and then she'll get over it. That's gaslighting, too, by the way. Crazy behavior. And there is a part of me that feels like he is gaslighting me with all of this. Because as soon as he said, okay, I, I, so I want to stay with you, blah, blah, blah. His behavior was like great and communicative for a few days. And then immediately just fell just off. Fell off. Yeah, no, yeah. it's that's classic narcissist behavior is to like give you just enough to reel you back in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. Here's flowers. Here's this. Let me buy you a thing. Mm-hmm. Or let me give you just enough of what the thing you want, which for mm-hmm. you communication. And then go back to the way they are because when they're being uh, like when they're on the fence and like trying to like keep you in their little fucking shitty 
whatever it is yeah. game that they're doing to manipulate you and get what they want. Uh, that's not who they are. That's yeah. them doing just enough to keep you so they can drain your energy so they can make themselves feel better by getting attention from you yeah. by getting your time. And now I'm ignoring him. So he's not getting any attention or any sort of. Yeah. And you know what a narcissist loves is someone else being worked up about them. Not. Com- oh, she's probably like, ah, she probably misses me so much. Mm-hmm. And then when you're like, actually I don't, and I'm done. Everything goes up in flames. When you tell a narcissist, when you like go like, Oh, did you have a plan? Did you have like a picture of how this was going to go? Cause I'm not doing that. They lose their shit. Earlier we were talking, um, off camera, uh, you know, he had messaged me a few times today and JMS was like, are you, you know, write back to him, say something to him. And I'm scared to say something because I don't want to, I don't want him to engage me in any way. That's gonna, I think that it's better to set a firm boundary Yeah, because it all, it also, not that any bases need to be covered, but he cannot weaponize a lack of communication against you. If you yeah. go, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I'm not happy. And this is a boundary of set and you cannot seem to keep it. Yeah. So I'm done with you. Thank you yeah. for your time. And for whatever reason, you know, it's like, he is also going for a divorce. Um, for whatever reason it is that you're not either available because you're busy or emotionally available because you're going through something, a divorce, just say it, say that's what's going on. Yeah. But it's like, then you should not be in a relationship. He is saying it with his actions. Yeah. So, but it's just, you know, all right. So like, like, let's not do this. It's a bummer. Cause I liked him. You liked the idea of who he was. He said, it's so funny that you said that. I wrote this note. The Someone other day. be like, there are plenty of tall men, Nicole. Hilarious. Like that's literally, he's tall and he doesn't hate dogs. Not a high bar. So I wrote this down. I said, when you fall in love with the idea of someone, that relationship is going to end when you discover the reality of them. It's a hundred percent true. And so many people are guilty of this. We do, we, we meet someone, we put them on a pedestal and then we, by the way, so many people immediately put, put this person into the box of boyfriend, partner. And in your mind, you go, well, this is what a partner does. Mm-hmm. We do it with, not just with boyfriends. We do it with best friend. We have this title we put on someone and we go, well, th- this in my mind, you have to check all these boxes to mm-hmm. meet that. And it's like, that, that's not the same person. Like, yeah. great. If you find someone who checks all the boxes, obviously that is like, mwah, yeah, relationship amazing. goals. But like, you just go, Oh, well, I checked these three boxes. So I'll just like <clears throat> believe that he checks all the other boxes and try to make him check the boxes until it works. And it's like, that's a recipe for disaster. What's your communication like with Andy on a daily basis? Well, I mean, quarantine is, before quarantine, what was your communication? We text like? every day. Yeah. If Andy didn't respond to my texts for a whole day, I would assume he was dead. Mm-hmm. And then if I didn't get like an early morning explanation for I've fallen asleep or, hey, sorry, I passed out or whatever, which has happened. He's on the road. He stays up late. And like, uh, I sometimes fall asleep before. or he's at, it's, it's fine. I would literally be like, you better be dead. Yeah. But because I actually genuinely hope you're dead. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we talk every day. Yeah. And I think we made it pretty clear from the beginning that it, like at the very beginning, did we talk every day? No, we texted every couple of days before we had met. This mm-hmm. was before we hung out. Yeah. So once, once we hung you, out, yeah, there has not been a day that I haven't texted with Andy. Yeah. 
even if it's just a little bit, like yeah. I stay, you know, I've been staying pretty busy with the podcast and stuff and he goes and he makes music and he does all his stuff. And so there's days where it's just like brief check-ins, mm. but there is like a, Hey, how are you doing? Like if you ever sent Andy a link to something, you say, look say, at it. say you experienced something with him and then you followed up with a link that you found about that thing you had mutually experienced. Yeah. Would Andy write back to that link being like, oh, wild, crazy, something like. Yeah, because Andy is a normal, healthy yeah. person. Anyone would write back. Anyone, at the bare minimum, someone would send the fucking iPhone reaction. Yes. OK, that's what I wanted to say. iPhones have made it so easy for you to do a bare minimum effort to acknowledge that you have experience in some capacity what someone has sent you. You can do the, t- they call it tap. You can send back. an emoji if you don't want to do the tap back. Yeah. And it's like, if the person you're talking to has an iPhone and they don't even do that, like they do not value your time. Exactly. They, period. And it's a shitty feeling to go, wow, this person who I kind of liked doesn't value me. Yeah. But that's a feeling you have to sit with and yeah. And use that to move on and learn from that and recognize, okay, this is the thing I definitely, now I'm a hundred percent sure I know that I don't want in a relationship. I can take that and move forward as I continue to find someone I want to be, be partnered with. Yeah. It's also like, you're killing it. You are always in all ways of your life. You are killing it. You are healthy. You are fucking crushing your career. This podcast is doing great. You have been single long enough and learned how to be happy as a single person long enough that it is, it would be an insult to yourself for you to settle for someone who doesn't give you the bare minimum. Yeah. You deserve everything. You deserve far more than the bare minimum, but like it's, it's like spitting in the face of all the work you've done on yourself and the life you've built for you to let someone treat you like this. Yeah. You are, I, and I'm, it's, I'm not just saying that, like you are a catch. Like a man should be begging you to be with him. This, and it's like, if, if this was years into a relationship and suddenly something had changed, it would be worth going, well, maybe there's a way to work through it. Yeah. It's not at what point in the dating process do you think it's fair for me or appropriate for me to say to someone, and we'll end on this because we want to get to the Harry get Potter. Get to the Harry Potter, because we know Do you think like if I went out on a date with a guy, uh, should I say to him Socially before the date, after the date, whatever, for me to be like, hey, just you. so you know, I'm looking for a relationship. I'm looking for something real. I'm looking for someone who communicates with me. I don't think that that's wrong to do on the first date. I will say with Andy, we did it on our third time hanging out, but Mm -hmm. it was the first actual date. (laughs) Like, as we kind of the bony bony. No, but I, I, we went to this nice restaurant. We're having drinks. We're having dinner. And I was like, and I I addressed how kind of awkward it was. I was, Mm -hmm. I was like, look, I know that this is like a weird conversation, but in the interest of not wasting either of our times or emotions, I would love to talk about what we're both looking for mm-hmm. as people who are dating. Okay. Because if, if I'm looking for something that you're not looking for, I don't want to waste your time. And if you're just trying to do something casual and maybe I want something more serious, 
I want to, you should at least get that on paper so that if you continue it and the person has gone, I don't really think I'm looking for a relationship. You can at least know that, well, it's my fucking fault for continuing to do this shit. Because also if someone tells you I'm not looking for a relationship, you have to take that as them. That's not a challenge. Yeah. That's not like, make me think I want one. It's like, okay, this is not available. Yeah. So if you want to, if you're, only looking for casual, or if you want to continue the, the pattern of dating people who are not available because it somehow makes you feel safe. Maybe mm-hmm. if you're someone with avoidant attachment behavior, which is an attachment style and, and people do it for a variety of reasons to keep themselves at a distance. So they never have to truly commit and it's their own things, um, you know, for safety or just cause that's what they've learned. Fine. But if you know, there are men who are looking for a relationship. Yeah. There are plenty of great men out there and it, there's 7 billion people in the world are all yeah. locked in our houses. So it's hell, but there are lots of men who want to settle down. It's yeah. there's a lot. And I, I do maintain that. I think LA has, uh, the ratio, uh, like a much more, a much higher ratio of men who are just pigs, mm-hmm. but also women who are pigs because mm-hmm. of the industry we're in. It attracts, it attracts it attracts a lot of people who have this like trade up mentality waiting for the next best thing. Yeah. Narcissists or people who are just like trying to climb in every aspect of, of their, their lives. Life. Yeah. Where it, they're very either like outward. Everything's so calculated. Yeah. And it's, it's an unfortunate thing because you have to be aware of that. But the more you date and the more you recognize these flags, you now go, okay, here's the thing I realize I'm not okay with. And then you could go back and look at this relationship about when did it start? Now I know that that's a flag in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's, you don't owe anyone an apology for not wanting to be with them. Mm-hmm. You, you're allowed to go, this isn't for me. Yeah. Like. That's, so, that's like, I feel like that's a hard thing for me, but. Yeah. Well, saying, someone told me this once, Brenda Colonna, actually, uh, who used to do comedy and now she's just like, just fucking cool guru, hippie Buddhist lady, but. Saying no to someone is saying yes to yourself. Yeah. You're allowed to, like, you don't own it, especially someone who's treating you like garbage. Yeah. You don't need to worry about what their opinion of you is. Yeah. What anyone's opinion of you is not your business. Yeah. But, like, you don't owe anyone who can't even give you common base level relationship needs mm-hmm. an explanation. Yeah. You just, you, it is totally okay to go. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. I realized that I'm not getting what I need from you. Yeah. And we don't need to talk about it further. Yeah. And I mean, breaking stuff off is fucking hard. Yeah, it is. We got to take care of you. Gotta take care of that. Well, this has been a therapy session Big for me. Titty heart. Just kidding. They're not sad. They're, no, they're not saying they're just low on my chest. They're not, they're not even low. You have a no- anyway. All right. We'll be right back. Bye. And we're here. Yeah. Okay. So when we left off chapter 12, they just found out about the Triwizard tournament. The Weasley twins are like, how can we get in it? <clears throat> and, and the chapter closes with Harry drifting off to sleep. And of course, dreaming that he's won the tournament and Cho Chang, you know, wants to suck his dick or whatever. Or whatever 14 year old boys dream about, which is hundred percent that. hundred percent head. Do you think? Oh yeah. There's no there porn like in the world of. Wait, so wait, this is 90. This is the 90s. So online porn isn't a thing. No, I guess not. I guess it's just this imagination, which if you never, if 
I had never seen porn. I don't know if I would understand yeah. the concept of a blowjob. I mean, the first I, time I saw a dick was the first time I saw a dick. Oh like, God. it just showed up, and I was like, I guess that's what dicks are. What a different life we've had. Thank mm-hmm. God for my brothers ruining our home computer with porn. Oh, just riddled, absolutely riddled. Tom riddled it. It just oh. a cadavra. Oh, these Harry Potter puns. I literally think my brother typed in porn on one of those bear share (laughs) downloading things. Mm -hmm. There's probably a more popular one. Kazaa? I don't know. And then it got come And downloaded everything. everything. I mean, I once found a picture of a woman blowing a greyhound on our computer. And I was like, "Uh, who is this for? I'm, yeah, no. I literally think he just, I hope, I pray. Someone check on him. He's oh god yeah. i'm in shock right now no you're in shock i just can't believe you've seen a woman a a dick with someone's mouth on it i mean thank god it was only a photo maybe oh. she maybe it was just a pose i would say she was photoshopped but i don't know what photoshop technology was like at that time i mean it must have been okay they had you know photoshop was around and yeah. stuff let's pray <sighs> anyhow chapter 13 the that I was out so is that consent Nobody knows. This is what happens. People are going to start. What's your joke about getting molested by your uncle? Is it even considered being molested if the relative is hot? Or is it just like, oh, this is naughty. You know? Great joke. Great joke. Yeah. Ah, I miss you. So, Mad Eye Moody, chapter 13. Uh, Harry wakes up. Still no letter from Sirius. Bummer. Bummer, bummers. First, first day of class, Gryffindors have herbology. And uh professor sprout is teaching them how to collect pus from boober tubers it's a plant that looks like a spotted dick which we do want to make one day on the youtube Mm -hmm. which is a delicious uk dish it's like a a spotted dick that emits pus i mean it's i mean it's plant we know what she was doing here jk was absolutely making a perverted reference she's making kids jerk off a plant is what they are and I can't stop laughing at boobatuber. Boobatuber. Honey, don't forget to water the boobatuber. Boobatuber. That's what our tits are going to look like when we're old. I'm kidding. Mine are big enough to sag, but it's like a long, long age spotted plants just pussing. Boobsy. Oh, pussing. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, does the milk in your lips go bad? I think at some point it might go sour. Oh, do you have sour milk when you're like old and trying to breastfeed? Does the milk only come with a baby? How does that work? I think so. Like, do we some people can, I guess. I squeezed my nipple once really hard and something came out. Yeah, so did I. I don't think it's squirted. Oh, it's like, I am Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Only only (laughs) one boob. (laughs) Jewish boob. (laughs) Like big Jewish boob. Uh, anyway, I just think it's funny that also that it's um, acne medication. Yeah, it's the pus from a plant, the pus from a pore, a pore of a plant, like a pussy thing, is gonna help acne. You a hundred percent would have put this on your face. You oh, would buy it now. I yeah, bet um, if you could find, that's what we should sell. We should come up with a serum and call it Booba Tuber Pus and sell it as a beauty product for Harry Potter fans. It's just coconut oil. It is, but. Can would we get you guys in a buy jar that merch? Would you buy that merch? It comes at the top instead uh, of a little handle. And it's handle. a dick-shaped jar. It's, like, it's, a, it's a, we just, we just get dildos and hollow them out. And then rubber dildos, hollow them out. Could you make a, like a rose water squirt with that? Just like a... Yeah, I think we could do that. I think this is... 
Well, I'm glad you keep coming out with merch that nobody finally figured out our merch. Uh, all right, so then they go to magical, uh, care of magical creatures with Hagrid again this year. They're with the Slytherin, so as soon as I find out, as soon as I read this, I'm like, okay, Malfoy's gonna be there. It's hell. I'm like, Malfoy's just such a shit, and Hagrid didn't get fired last year. No, so suck on that, Malfoy. Not only did he not get fired, but uh, the hippogriff got away. The hippogriff got away. Tried to so go. everything's good. Um, and so, of course, I'm like, all right, what kind of shit is Malfoy going to try stirring up in this? And they their assignment that day is called... Uh, they have animal called Blasted and Spruits, which look like... They have stingers and suckers. They're like they're lobsters probably- with no face. And they sting you. They suck you. They like... They, some of them explode I, randomly. My, my thing is, is like... What purpose does this magical creature have in this land? I don't know, but a hundred percent in the ecosystem. One of these kids would try to put their dick in the sucker. Yeah, a thousand percent. Or if, or a girl might t- try to t- stick a sucker in her or a pointer in her. I feel like no. Were you? I don't know if I was that aware of my clit at that age. I was aware of the hole. I was aware of the hole. Yeah, I didn't know how deep it went. Hole. My my vaginal oh. hole. Oh, I thought you meant you had a hole in your clit. I was like, Nicole, that's not a thing. That's a, you should say the police. That is a deformity. Like, no, I was like, the that's hole. That's why you're single. <clears throat> Am I too much? No, it's just you have a hole in your clit, and it's weird. You have too many holes down there. God, I mean, is it just one big hole now at this point? It's like, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a real gashy gash. Ah, so Malfoy, of course, being a dick, asks, you know, like, who who would want pets that can burn, sting, and bite all at once? Which he's being a dick, but also true. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He is what, not wrong. What is Hagrid's fucking thing with dangerous creatures? I Hagrid felt, likes I to get into unhealthy relationships. I can make him love me. I at this point am like, <clears throat> what purpose is Hagrid serving for the story? For like what the point? What is this point? What is the point of this? Are oh, because you think, e- you think everything has a point. Has everything a point. has to have a point. That's so funny. So what's the point? What do we? What is? What do you think? At some point, there's going to be like Voldemort has cursed us all with acne. Thank God for these booba tubers. Oh, and your giant boil. We can use a blast ended screw to. I I don't know. I just I because every time. You, there's a detail I at this point consider how is this going to play into the story and the pus thing I think at some point might be useful for something else so in my mind I'm like yeah I can kind of see why she brought that up but then the blast and screwed I'm like what is what is this creature what good is this creature going to serve you don't ever think that like sometimes it's just a plot point for like a conversation to happen but they need to be somewhere magical like you don't think that I don't know I feel like she's too calculated with everything interesting like what is gonna happen with that yeah well i mean their whole how are how are either of those things booba tuber pus or blast ended screw things? i mean they both sound perverted at what point are they gonna either save the day or ruin the day that's true i mean they're the whole lesson is trying to figure out what they eat because hagrid doesn't fucking know so they're just hagrid's like i'm teaching this class i'm really fucking winging it i don't even know what these guys eat let's figure it out I got them from a man, and have, I mean, he doesn't say that, but it's like, did you get these from a weirdo in an alley? For fuck's sake! Yeah, he definitely did. He's just like, just figure it out. That's it. And then they leave. End of class. Um, they go to lunch. Hermione goes straight to the library, which is weird because it's the first day of school. Yeah. So even for her, that's like, what do you even? 
There's she nothing is left. for sure looking into how to help elves. That's what you think. I think her mission for the rest of this, this book is going to be some sort of quest to, to help elves. elves. To help elves. Yeah. I mean, she's been extremely vocal about. Yes. I mean, this is, Hermione is a social justice warrior. Yeah. So, and, and I just think it's interesting that everybody's like, no, 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 elves are happy. It is interesting that it's so ingrained in the culture that people, like, that there are these perspectives that she's like, these are clearly slaves. And this is someone coming from the outside, mm-hmm. which maybe is a lot of times what you need for situations like this. They go, this isn't right. But all these people who grew up in wizarding families have just been around it. They're like, yeah. This is the norm. This is just like how, that's just how it is. Yeah. Well, is that, is that how, is that how it was during times in slavery in the United no, States? I mean, yeah, no, Kids 100%. probably just grew up thinking like, oh, this is absolutely Which normal. Which is, now you think of that and it's mortifying. Yeah, mortifying. But a kid was probably just like, well, yeah, they're slaves. That's, yeah. that's their and job. And they don't do something right, they get beaten. Yeah, which is so crazy now. Crazy. To think about that, like, that it literally was ingrained for people to see other humans as less than. Yeah. That is a that is a massive undoing. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, are dogs emotional slaves? If you really want to get deep, why do we need They're not, not They're not not emotional slaves. Yeah. Free the dogs. By the way, our dogs, both of our dogs are sleeping right, right next, next to us. To us. Yeah. So, uh, so, I guess it's a mutual obsession. How, how does PETA feel about pets? Good question. I've heard of them euthanizing dogs. I like the idea of emotional slavery. Yeah, of course you do. That's uh, codependence. Okay, it's codependence. Yeah. Some people like don't realize that that's what they're doing with relationships. It's like, yeah, no, men are physically assaulting us, but women have been emotionally raving men for years. Yes, yeah, we will. We will rape the shit out of your emotions. Anyway, there we go. We're canceled. Okay. I really want us to get canceled so we don't have any pressure in our lives anymore. <laughs> Uh, oh, the pressure that we put on ourselves. So they go to divination. Ron and Harry, be, as we know, Hermione is done with divination. Oh, because Trelawney is full of shit. Uh, Harry hates divination because Trelawney's always like, you're going to die. Every, oh, God damn. Yeah, death is on the door for you. Uh, and they also think she's a fraud. But there was that time in the last book where she went into that weird trance and is like. She made a prediction that came true. And. Dumbledore also seemed to think that was real. Didn't Dumbledore also say that she's like been right like twice. Yeah, he's like she's not she's not batting batting a thousand, batting a hundred, batting. It's a hard art. It's a yeah, it's uh, an art. Uh, and now uh, we get to dinner, and true to form, Malfoy's giving Ron shit for something about his dad because his dad was in the, the Daily, Daily Prophet. Prophet. Because he fucked up with the way he handled everything at the Quidditch World Cup. And this reporter named Rita, Rita Skeeter. Watching you try to say this name is so funny. Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter, who, as we know from the previous chapters, is this fucking expose type of Yeah, it's like she's just being sleuthy and digging up dirt wherever she can. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing in some... Ways that we have a journalist who's trying to expose people, but it seems like she's very, she seems like a reporter that would be, and I, I can't even attest to, because I don't have the intelligence, either for an extreme, one of the extreme sides publication. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Where uh-huh. she just like, there's nothing the ministry could do 
She just has to criticize the guy. I also feel that perhaps Lucius Malfoy, maybe he's like paying her to really dig into the dad. Well, I think he's just coming up. Yeah. Like, because she's tearing apart everything. So I don't know about that. And then they start having a shit talking thing about their moms, like your mama, your mama kind of thing. And then Harry talked shit about Malfoy's mom. Oh, that, that she was like, does she always look that upset to be alive? Or is it just when she's around you? Yeah. And Harry goes to walk away. Like, it's like, yo mama, mic drop. Bye. And walks away. And Malfoy tries to fire a fucking curse at him. And then Professor Moody comes in. Who, by the way, was a subject within, we've, we've heard mention of him before. He was also brought up in the, the news article that Malfoy had mentioned. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, we know he's the new defense since the dark arts teacher. Uh-huh. He shows up, points his wand at Malfoy, and turns Malfoy into a ferret. Into a fucking ferret. And is just flipping him and flinging him and bouncing him around. I was freaking out because I was like, no, no. <laughs> Moody, you're fucking with Lucius Malfoy's kids. Stop. Like, you think that this is going to be Oh, I'm like, like oh, this is going to go level. so bad. I'm like, oh my God. You're, you're making the worst example of the worst person you can make an example of. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, here goes Moody. He's fired. Fuck. And I then I love that because I was so overjoyed at Malfoy just being whipped around. And then I was like, yeah, you don't just fuck with people, rich boy. And then Professor McGonagall comes in and she's like, yo, what are you doing? And he, Moody's she's like, mortified. Moody's like, she, that's what, that's my reaction. She's mortified. She's like, oh, you can't turn, you can't do that to students. You can't. She's them. thinking you can't do that to students. And I'm like, you can't do that to Malfoy. Yeah, he's going to have you ousted. Yeah. Uh, and then Moody's like, Moody's like, you know, you're, uh, this is my idea of discipline. She's like, mm, no. It's uh, kind of against the rules. So, so. then Draco Malfoy, uh, uh Moody has to take Malfoy to the head of his house. house. Of course, we know his name. So. so, and then they take off. Was this the part where Malfoy or Malfoy says something to like, "I'll I'm wait till my father hears." And I'm he's like, "Sure, I don't remember that, but I'm a hundred percent." But at positive. some point, uh, uh, Moody's like, "Oh, your dad? Tell your fucking dad I say hey." Yeah, it's like your dad. Well, because also Moody is this person who historically has been he's what an or is that what he's called yeah he hunts down these death eaters he's a person who has brought more people into azkaban for being you know dark arts wizards and and traitors and mm-hmm. Voldemort people than anyone else that's why he's covered in scars and probably why he's missing his fucking eye and his leg like so if lucius malfoy is batting on the you know batting on the wrong team playing for the worst playing for the other side yeah he's you know dipping in the dark arts still like yeah Moody's like, yeah, no, go ahead. Tell your fucking dad. Yeah, let your dad know I'm coming for him. Yeah. He's next. Oh, fuck. I love that. And then, of course, the chapter ends with Ron just, like, reveling in this. Oh, best day of Ron's life. Of Malfoy just being turned into a ferret and whipped around. And they're, they're, like, stoked for class. They're like, I'm stoked for class. Yeah, this is like, like, this is like, for me, this is like, ooh, it's another Lupin. Yeah, but like, like, he's just going to be a dope, cool teacher. They I just saw their dark arts teacher this. just fucking turn a student uh, into a, a, a ferret. rodent, a, like into a ferret. Amazing. And everybody in the school saw it. So, embarrassing. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back. Oh, it starts with the burp. We're back. Uh, it's chapter 14. So the unforgivable curses. So this is 
fucking cool. I will just dive in because there's a thought occurred to me about something we had said earlier because I was listening to our an episode where we talk about what happened in the woods with the dark mark, but we'll get to that. So it's the next day. Defense against the dark hearts. It's, for this. it's happening. Uh, they see they see Professor Snape and he's like in a really shitty mood. He constantly hates dark arts teachers. He wants to be the dark arts teacher. Which have you applied? It seems like you could probably get the job. It is a revolving door. I wonder what it is that keeps Dumbledore from hiring him there. I see so good at potions that uh, they can't find Dumbledore doesn't want to lose him. Or is it, I don't know. Cause I feel like he, maybe he's got like a seat. He's got kind of a like seedy history with dark arts. Maybe it with the, I don't know. Have we figured out where he was with like the Voldemort stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I like was he one of those people that was dark and came back, or I don't I think know. Because he doesn't have a good relationship with Harry, I automatically assume in my head he's on the he's on the dark side. Yeah, that he because just... if you don't love Harry, you must be horrible. Um, but sorry, that was boyfriend's leaving. Her boyfriend, not my boyfriend. He loves Harry nipples, and that's why we're still together. Um, I'm kidding. I shave them. You know what? Nipple hair is like a snuggie for your titties, you know? Yeah. Just just cozy. (laughs) It's like a beer koozie for your nipple. Oh, oh, merch idea. Yeah, great. Who wants a nipple koozie? (laughs) Um, Yeah, who knows? But, But it's also, we learned in the last book, he has this bad history with Harry's father yeah so maybe it's like he's not dark but he just fucking can't stand him yeah because it's like you could just hate a person but not be like i'm also going to be evil it, yeah. we don't know yeah but in my head i will just naturally assume that if anybody doesn't like harry potter they must be a bad guy at some point they're gonna be a problem yeah but apparently apparently he's being very overtly not a fan of moody which yeah. uh you know maybe it's like he's he's threatened by him which makes me think. I mean, at this point, yeah. If you're not threatened by Moody, the guy's got battle wounds, has survived everything. He has and a he, fucking googly crazy eye that can see out of the back of his head. And no fucks to give. No. He will not even kind of. He has a fear of absolutely nothing. But it's also like he's known for hunting dark art, dark, dark people. So yeah. why? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but he's also just terrifying. I could see anyone being, I'm a good person, but you're fucking terrifying. It doesn't matter. They're finally in his class. He walks in and he's like, he's like put the textbooks. No away. textbooks. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, ah, he's going to be like a Lupin. Yes, because we love that Lupin was very hands-on. He came in, he taught them a lot of stuff. It was, it was interactive, which yeah. is great. And Moody tells him that he is going to tell you them about curses. Yeah. This is like, what are the worst things that wizards could do to each other? I'm going to teach you about them. Yeah. And, he, and this is supposed to be advanced. Yeah, this is like sixth year. Dumbledore is like, yeah, cool. Go ahead and do it. Which makes me wonder, is is Dumbledore just lax? And he's like, Moody's going to do what Moody's going to do. You know what? He's the best in this field. So let's let him do that anyway. Yeah. Or is it like, we should probably like get people ahead on this. That's kind of looming. I mean, Trelawney I, had the vision of Voldemort. So maybe he's like, you know what? Yes, Actually, we yes, need yes, to- yes. I think- I think he realizes how thing how dark things have been getting like year after year after year that it's like we should probably and I think after what happened at the Quidditch World Cup, he's like, okay, the dark mark came out, shit might be getting weird. Kids Maybe know how to handle like, some back. dark shit. Mm-hmm. So he teaches them about these things called unforgivable curses. Yeah, and he um, there's three of them, and they're the ones that like 
there's just fun. there's no going back from these these are the darkest most cruel horrible things immediately in azkaban for life if you yeah, use if one you of these put, curses on a human so he's using his he spiders, spiders in a jar so he brings out a jar of three spiders which feels like it probably scares it does scare Ron oh Ron is Ron is oh, Ron's, Ron's terrified he's fucking and they sat in the front row because they were so excited and how Ron's yeah. right by a fucking spider anyway, I just like don't think Ron's a Gryffindor but whatever um no I think that it's like here's the thing a side a side a Gryffindor a big thing about Gryffindor is bravery and I would like to I maintain this and I think it's important to point out that a lot of people hear the word bravery and they think of someone who has no fear. And I don't think that's what bravery is. Bravery is being afraid and pushing forward anyway. Yeah. Bravery is like, you're terrified, but you're okay. All right. I agree. Then he's brave. Bravery is being afraid of something, but doing it anyway. Did anyone hear the beginning of this show? Was anyone here for the rant? Anyway, go back to the rant. Do it. In any case, so, um, he gets, so he takes out one of the spiders and the first curse he teaches is, is the, called imperious, the imperious curse, which gives, Total control to. I said this. What about remember the elf? No, a winky. No, that's what I was going to say. Is that remember she's in the she? We see her in the forest before the dark mark comes, and then you know we we find her with the with the wand, and it was and it was proven that the the spell that got the brought the dark mark out was in that wand. And I would just like to point out again how great my acting was by going like maybe there maybe there is some sort of something's controlling her because I thought something was controlling her, and Jessica Michelle's acting was truly spot on. It honestly. Fuck Leslie Kahn in every acting class I've ever been in. Nothing has made me a better actor than having to lie to you. Oh my God. I mean, truly, your range is incredible. Oh. So I immediately am like, that's the spell. That's what it was. She was controlled. She did do it. Because we saw her in the forest. But she was controlled by a dark wizard. Yeah. And if if you remember, before they find her with the wand, we see her in the forest and she's like, it's like she's trying to get away from something that she couldn't. Mm -hmm. So it's this little elf trying to fight this off and she's like bad things are happening and she tells them to run yeah because she's like i i think it was her her honor do you mm-hmm. Ooh, crouch body crouch and she would never she would never say it was him because she's in fear for her life yeah or and that oh, that even brings up the subject of he yells at her for disobeying him and it's like yeah. well did she disobey him did the imperious curse start from within like he told her not to leave the tent. So yeah. did someone come into the tent? Did he set the Imperius curse on her? Yeah. And have her leave the tent? That's yeah. interesting. Because that was the crux well, of why. Maybe, or he said, don't leave the tent. And that was just him covering his bases. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes okay. sense to me. Okay. Then, then, then it's like, didn't I tell you to not leave the tent? See, she says I did. So I couldn't. And do you, when someone controls you, do you black out? Do you not remember it? I, I mean, they, they end up doing it later in this chapter as an example. So I think it's like, yeah, kind of, it seems like Like you go to another place when someone's controlling you anyway. So he does have a spider. He's making it, you know, move around and flip around and whatever. Um, and then, uh, he asks if anyone knows one of the other, so he's asking the class, does anyone know these curses? And, um, Neville raises his hand, which if there's one thing we know about Neville, he is not a razor hander. He does not participate. He's yeah. like, please, for fuck's sake, don't call on me for the love but of God. But he calls, but he, but he, but he knows one of, he knows so one of the curses. In my mind, I'm like, why is Neville speaking up? 
This is a fucking detail. This is important. Maybe Neville's going to have to be called to do this curse later. It's the Cruciatus curse. And uh, Moody then demonstrates it. You know, Crucio. Basically, you cause the person horrible pain. You, like, roll over. Yeah, they're writhing in pain. Like, it's a horrible, painful death. And Neville's, like, horrified that this is going on with the spider. Because the spider's... I mean, like, we see this happening. And then you hear Hermione shouts, like, stop it! And Neville is, like... White knuckling. He's holding on to his desk. Yeah. And like literally white knuckles, like so afraid. It's like the most horrifying thing he's ever seen. So they move on to the final curse, which is the death curse. The killing curse. Avada Avada Kedavra. The killing curse. Um, And we learn that Avada Kedavra is the curse that was used on Harry Potter. He does. He does it on the spider. We see the green light and then the spider is dead. No sign of foul play mm-hmm. he's just dead which if you remember in harry's dream the beginning of that that family the riddle house mm-hmm. the family was found and there was no sign of there was their, no yeah. sign of foul play so yeah. now it's like was that what happened but also wasn't tom riddle one of those people yeah fucking crazy shit crazy so anyways so now harry's like oh i this is literally exactly how oh and of course that's a trigger he's thinking about the, what he's re- yeah. remembering what he knows what he's probably seen from dementors the part that i loved is when moody was like no one can survive this curse it's never been survived before but there's been one person he's sitting right here and i was just like yeah, yeah. there isn't a counter curse and he's just like the only known person who ever yeah. survived and there's fucking harry potter who yep. is the boy who lived and and everybody knows it's Harry Potter and it's just oh, a G moment crazy. for him. And he is a little bit like flashback, like the of his mother and all that thing. And then, you know, he has to like, okay, focus, focus, focus. So he comes back to class, you know, he's back paying attention. And Moody's whole logic with this is you've got to know what you're up against. Yeah. You have to know what the worst looks like. So you're prepared yeah. to face it. And that's kind of that for this yeah. class. So they leave. Uh, Hermione, the do-gooder, goes up to Neville and is like, sure, runs okay? and finds him. He's like, he is like shook. Shook. Neville is like white, traumatized, very upset. And, and then Moody comes out with his whole warped face. Looking like a nightmare. And is like being super It's all right, Sonny. Why don't you come on up to my office? We'll have a cup of tea. Like he's trying to comfort him, yeah. but he's also the scariest looking person ever. ever. And Neville is the most scared person and he's ever. he's like, oh, okay. Like just poor Neville. Oh, my. I love Neville, I but love I hate Neville. Neville. Oh God. I think I don't like Ron. I can't figure out who I don't like. I don't think you like anyone. <sighs> Harry. <laughs> Harry, Lupin, and now Moody. I'm obsessed with Moody now. Ah, so they go to dinner. Hermione scarfs down her food, has to go back to the library because she's working on elf shit. That is your theory. Uh, my theory, which is proven true. Very soon. Yes, yes. it is. It, uh, mean, that's 100% what she's doing. And I think the amount of outrage she had about elves was... Very foreshadowing. Very foreshadowing. Uh, So Ron and Harry are working on their divination homework and they just start making shit up. Just new, everything's bad, by the way. Because they know that that's what Trelawney loves. So they're making up like just the worst case of like horrible shit happening. Yeah, just everything could possibly go wrong. Mm -hmm. She loves that. And also she always predicts that for Harry. So it's like, you know, more likely that you go, of course, that's what it is. Uh, Fred and George are sitting in the corner being having a conversation. They're hiding stuff. It's not like Uh, them to be working on something. And then Hermione comes back and 
here we go. Big reveal. She's like, guys, I'm starting the SPEW. She has badges that just say spew. Society for the promotion of elfish welfare. I was right. And it's all shit and get it right. I mean, sometimes you do. I'm figuring out the formula. Which honestly, in my opinion, ruins everything. But but I like to do it. God, it's like watching a movie with someone who like took a one film class. I had a I had a roommate once who went dropped out of film school and watching movies with him was unbearable. Okay. Because he was just Are you saying I'm unbearable? I mean, no, you are, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm the best. Uh, but it was just like, well, I can see where this is going to go. All the plot and all the fire. And it was like, you just shut the fuck up. Shut the watch. fuck up. Anyway. So I'm never going to shut the fuck up. I know. Um, so Hermione is trying to recruit them. She's like, obviously, you guys are going to join. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, sure, sure, sure. And then Ron reminds her, seriously, elves, they like this. They do not mind. They like, like being this slaves. Is, he, she, he thinks it's a wasted effort. He's like, this is going to get nowhere. You're actually doing harm. Because they like being cared for, which circling back to me joking about pets being emotional slaves. Mm-hmm. Now there is a part of me that's like, I think of animal, I think of dogs that like we have, and they've been so inbred that it's like it couldn't survive in the wild. Oh, not at all. Not at all. So is that the logic of So now it's like, all right, they're now there are dependents. Yeah, but it's like there's a long way from being a companion to being a fucking servant. Yeah. Anyway, Hedwig shows up. Carrie, Sirius finally hears back. Sirius is like, "Yo, Harry, that is bad news." I'm, I'm on my way. You. Right? And Harry's like, "Oh shit, he's gonna come out of uh, hiding. Hiding it's for me. Nice this is so bad." And Harry's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." And he he freaks out, and he's I don't know. He he's just like freaked out that he's gonna come back, and he's you know it's bedtime. There, he's lying in bed awake, like, "What the fuck have I done? I shouldn't have said anything. It's probably not a big deal." Which is yeah, it is. A Harry big deal. knows it's a big deal. But he doesn't want to be a bother, which I think I also, comes I also with think, I think there's a part of Harry that's just like, I don't want to lose the only family I know I have now. Well, yeah, because they're like, I don't want to be the reason he goes back into this prison. Yeah. Or worse. Dies. Yeah, it is that combination of, and, you know, being a kid who lived under the stairs, it doesn't want to bother anyone. Yeah. He is laying awake. Uh, and also, you know, there's silence, which means there's no snoring, which means no one realizes that Neville's, is that what it was? There's no snoring? Why was... Mm-hmm. Why, what was the sign that Neville was awake? I don't know. Anyways, Neville's not sleeping. Yeah. And that is where our chapter ends. It will be right, right back. back. All right, here we go. Chapter 15, Bobatons and... Bobaton and Durmstra and Durmstrom. Okay, so... So Harry writes a letter to back to Sirius, and he's like, Bravo, 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 it off. NBD, NBD. And then... Uh, he immediately gets one back, and it's like... Nice try, kid. Fuck off. Anyway. And I think he's like, also stop using this white owl. But maybe that comes later. Yeah. He does tell him to use barn owls because Hedwig sticks out like a motherfucker. Yeah. It's she's not she's stunning. Time. I mean. She's, I mean. Stunning. She's a looker. It's like sending Giselle Ugh. into like a cattle call in the valley. <laughs> uh, um, so Dark the- Arts happens. Moody's like. I'm going to put the Imperious Curse. Imperious Curse. Which is the one where he controls you. They control you. Because he's like, Dumbledore wants you to know what it can feel like. Which, also telling. Like, why? Because I think think Dumbledore knows what's up. I know, but like, that's such a crazy curse. Because like, if someone like quietly cursed you with that and you had no... You wouldn't know. Well, even if they curse you, if you have no... Yeah. If you're not able to fight it. it, Yeah, you have to know what it feels like to know that it's happening to you. It could be very subtle. And then he teaches them how to fight it. 
Yeah. Or he's, yeah, he's trying to get them to resist it. Yeah. So it's, of course, he's giving directions to people in the class and no one's able no one's, to fight no it. No one's They're able to fight it. Everyone's doing jumping exactly up and down on tables. Yeah, Except for Harry motherfucking Potter. Ah, Harry resists it. He yeah. Fights it. He's like, he like, so it's almost like he's, he's having a fight with well, himself. Well, he's coaching. So Moody's like coaching them through it. And so he's hearing Moody's voice saying, fight, fight. No. He makes up hearing Moody's voice? He's then? telling himself to fight it. Oh, isn't he? I don't fucking know. Moody's t- trying to get him to, you know, quack like a duck or what the fuck ever. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Like, in his brain, he's going like, no, I don't. He's like t- hearing what should be the controlling mm-hmm. directions and kind in of like, a, but In our notes, it says Harry hears Moody's magical suggestions in his head. Yeah, but he tries to fight them. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So Moody is going, you know, jump up on this desk. You know, get on your knees or whatever. He probably didn't do that. That's and then, and then Potter, Potter almost had a breakthrough. Didn't. He's not out. immediately doing it, which is a huge breakthrough. So and so he comes out of it, and Moody's like, stuff. "You fucking did it! Oh shit! They're gonna have the hardest time controlling. No you. one's gonna get you. You're a fucking G." And I mean, this is the first time, so that is huge. That this yeah. is a thing that everyone struggles yeah. with. This is great news. So anyway. You know, classes are in fill tilt. They're super hard. They get teachers are probably stressed out as fuck because Triwizard Tournament and everything else. Um, they get the news that Bobaton and Durmstrang is going to be arriving on Friday that afternoon. Uh, in the afternoon, um, and somebody announces that they're going to start testing soon for the Triwizard Tournament. Taking the fucking you put your, you put your name, name in a fucking in a goblet. Hat. Whatever. So whatever. So everybody in the school is like freaking out about this. Big shit's gonna be happening. Yeah. Fred and George are acting weird. I mean, I can only assume, and I also know that it's because they're gonna they're try to, try to get to the tournament. But they're being very quiet. It's very suspicious. Um, Hufflepuff is really gunning for Cedric Diggory because he's like of age, and he's of age. Yeah. And Hermione's off on her saving the the house elves campaign, just nonstop. Again, everybody is like Hermione. They like it. Get over it. She's not having any of it. Um, uh, oh, and had the the letter comes back from. Oh yeah, that's when it comes back. Yeah, from it comes back later from Sirius being like, yeah, right, boy, I'm on my way. Yeah, uh, and I think Harry is secretly kind of relieved, but anyhow. Yeah, but he he at least can go. At least I tried. Yeah, I did. I did the thing where I was like, Yee. the courtesy. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Oh, you can do it anyway. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the. I did I the said, mandatory. Said, no, please. That's, I didn't like, say. that's like the pump fake for your wallet. Like, oh, let me pay. And it's like, oh, let me pay. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you're not gonna say that. You're like, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna oh, I guess oh, I'm gonna. Oh, my I'm wallet wasn't even there. You know, I didn't bring a wallet. Um, uh, I was never playing. So then the schools show up. Uh, Bobaton comes up oh, there in like such some, like big... Cinderella kind of fucking horse-drawn carriage. I mean, Mr. Weasley said it before, but like, boy, do wizards love to show off when they get together. Yeah. They come out of the sky, this powder blue, carriage. gorgeous carriage floats down. And, and they're the... French, so it's extra pompous. Uh, que bon. uh, uh. And it's Madame Maxine. Maxime, she gets out. She's a giant. She's very well-dressed, but she's like as big as Hagrid. A big, by the way, as soon as she comes out and they're like, she's a big girl. I'm like, ooh, Hagrid, go on, get his dick wet. Just thick. I mean, mm. Mm. it is interesting to the idea. I can't. Going, I've, there's a woman who's my there's size. A bit, yeah. There's a woman I could fucking not kill. Oh, it's like, it's <laughs> like from Game of Thrones. With the the redheaded, um, oh my god, the wildling when he sees yeah, when he's and he's like, oh, she's a big girl. Oh my that's god, 
precisely what I thought. I, that love. Oh, oh big love. Uh, big oh, he love. love. He loved her so fucking much. Uh, uh, we'll do that one day as a series. So all of her students are like dressed in these like beautiful silk robes. So elegant, just the Frenchiest Frenches. And then the Durmstrang crew shows up in some like skeletal ship. Ship that comes out, out of the, of the water. Like just fucking, they didn't sail in. They come through, through the, the lake. Fucking- they just, it, up in like through a wormhole through the lake. Couldn't be more opposite than Bobaton. Just fucking demon ship. Demon ship, super oily. They to me they have like a real Slytherin-y vibe. Yeah, well, uh, they said it before, but Durmstrang is a school that's like known for dark arts. Yeah. Like that's they like not they don't just teach defense against the dark arts, which I believe Malfoy brought up when he was talking about how like my parents almost sent me them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. Uh, which, why didn't they fuck off? Because they're, they're like, he'd get his ass kicked, probably. Well, no, because his mom was like, I need you close. Um, yeah, so this is a school that not not only teaches defense against the dark, they teach dark arts. Yeah. So this is a fucking creepy school. And their headmaster, or their professor, the head guy. They had their Dumbledore. His name's Professor Karkaroff. He's got like a weak chin. Just very... Uh, I love the description of everyone is always everybody's hideous just very creepy eastern european vibes i'm getting it's yeah like, real creepy it's eastern like european you get very gorgeous too, yeah. eastern european and then you get around you get well i think it's really funny gym. that that they're My the eastern europeans have the beautiful women and then the creepy men yeah that it's like well it's carrying a lot of weight you know so and then outcomes that's what happens if you live in the shadow of a beautiful woman you just lose your chin mm-hmm. and hunch over among, and in the shadow of the Soviet Union. Yeah, of course. And among the Durmstrang students, um, is we spot Victor Crumb, who is the seeker for the Bulgarian, the World Cup seeker. So is, a student. Is a student. So he's either younger than they thought or really fucking dumb. I think he's fucking old. Who knows? I feel like this is a Well, student. because they had said they yeah. think he was young as a, yeah. he was like the youngest seeker. They're like, I think he's like 18. They said that. Yeah. Maybe he got held back because he's a dumb dumb. I mean... So it's fucking, and that's, that's a whole chapter. That's it. That's all of it. So we'll be right back to close out this episode. Goblet of fire. Ah, I ruined it by muttering at the beginning. Listen. Chapter 16. Chapter 16. Goblet of fire. Goblet of fire. This is the namesake of the book. Shit's getting real. As soon as I hear the title of the book in a chapter, that's when I know fucking put on my grandma panties and get a pad because I'm going to be shitting them. I'm going to be shitting pantalones. Maybe just get a diaper. A pad? A, a diaper? I don't know. I feel like it's more demure to have a pad. Do yeah. I want the whole diaper? No, but do you want to catch the shit? I mean, you can have a like pad a and pad. a shit spill out into your granny panties? Yeah. Anyhow. It's like so, you've never had problems shitting and we know that's not true. I've had so many problems, you guys. It's the story. Oh, anyway, Ron's super pumped that Victor Crumb is there. Oh yeah, he's geeking out. It's fucking. Oh my god, he's a fucking Quidditch player. Oh my god, oh my god, I want to be his friend. Ah, uh, he would suck his fucking big hooked Romanian nose. dick. Um, Durmstrang students seem to be like really impressed by Hogwarts, but the Bobaton people are like, oh my god, they're yeah. very. And they're, they're also like their the their robes are like really thin and like willowy, and they're like, oh my god. So and then when they're at dinner, they're like, will you pass us some bullybells? Oh yeah, they're eating all. And the Hogwarts students are like, what bullybells? Yeah, they're yeah because they the house elves are making. Uh, 
you know, cultural food. Yeah, and it's culturally appropriate. And all the, of course, British people with shitty taste buds are like, get this away from me. Yeah. And then uh, there's a, like this silver-haired, like beautiful blonde girl. Who saunders over. To and her. Ron is like, oh. He like thinks she's Avila because he's so in Yeah. He's like, oh my God. Yeah, he's like mystified. Have everything you want. Uh, Ludo Bagman and Mr. Crouch are there sitting and eating with the professors. Dumbledore stands up and announces the Triwizard Tournament. Everybody's freaking out. And he re- he emphasizes, you know, put your name in this thing, in, in the cup. Uh, and uh, remember, there's the age restriction. Yeah. Oh, he also mentions that there's a pit, the judges are going to be Ludo Bagman and Mr. Crouch. Uh-huh. So they're back. And, and then, then each of the three headmasters. Professor Crouch. And Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, uh, Argus Fitch. So uh, it's an it's a, an impartial filch, selector. Filch, okay, filch. the caretaker brings up. Oh, this is where the Goblet of Fire comes. Filch brings up this case that Ooh. has the Goblet of Fire. Finally, a job for Filch. And how That's the exactly of, what it is? Yeah, it's a goblet that, that has, shoots fire. That shoots fire, and this works as an impartial selector. So this way, there's no hands in the pot. Nobody else is pulling names. It can't be fucked with. You cannot put your name in if you're underage. There's an age line drawn around it. Mm-hmm. And it's like the the cup will choose the person who's best suited to represent their house. I also think it's interesting that in all of the books, um, the Sorcerer's Stone that had to do with like what the drama at the end of the book, um, Chamber of Secrets that had to do with the drama at the end of the book. Are you getting to the fact that all the dramas at the end of the book? Um Oh, the, the now, Goblet of Fire comes up now. Goblet says, of Fire is coming up now. Oh, because the Sorcerer's Stone, you don't, it doesn't really come up till the end. Yeah. Secrets. You don't see it really till the end. Prisoner of Azkaban's the last book, though, and that's, you don't. But you don't see it till the end. That's true. You don't see the actual. So now I'm like, why is the Goblet of Fire coming out so early? What's the Goblet, what is, what oh. purpose is the Goblet of Fire going to serve later? Is this fudging with your formula? It is. Yeah, it is. You and by the way, just so you know, my fucking formula has been pretty fucking good. Yeah, well, seems like it's off right now. Okay, well, don't shit on my formula because when it's right later, we're not even. I'm going to slap my clit in your face. Ew, keep your extra hole away from me. <laughs> my holy clit. Holy clit. Yeah, no, it's not even halfway through the book and we've brought out the Goblet of Fire. So, so people are like, Putting their names in the thing. You have 24 hours to get your name in the hat. Fred and George Weasley oh, are like, we're going to take an anti-aging potion. And oh, you take an aging potion. You. <laughs> I want an anti-aging potion. So he takes the aging potion. They're going to take the aging and potion. Whatever. You know what? I, I can't speak English. They, they have a plan. Karkaroff is like, it's end of the night. Everyone's going because you have 24 hours. So Karkaroff's like, all right, guys, back to the boat. And he sees Harry Potter. And he's like, oh. <gasps> Oh my mother! Is he's he's done because everybody knows Harry Potter, which is interesting to know that Harry Potter is not just big in the world of in in the UK. In the UK, they, this Harry is a like, world famous wizard. Yeah, he so, is like he's the biggest thing there is in the wizarding world. He's the Joe Rogan of the wizarding world of the wizarding world, and everybody knows. Karkaroff's like stopped in his tracks, which. I think anyone, you're seeing this super famous person, but then I wonder, because they're like a dark arts school, if they're even more mesmerized because this guy survived a dark, yeah. uh, a, you know, yeah. non-forgivable curse. And he's just staring at him. And then Maddie Mo- Mad-Eye Moody pops up from behind. He's like, yeah, that's Harry Potter. And fucking creeps Carver off out. Yeah. Carver's like, all right, to the back. Carver is freaked out because he is a dark arts demon. Yeah, well, he probably either knows, either he knows Mad-Eye because of his reputation preceding mm-hmm. him, or he just sees that. I maintain that, like, you you being afraid of Mad Eye does not mean you're a you, dark artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he's a real he's creepy. Fucking, guy. He's fucking got a mad eye, for fuck's sake. 
So the next morning, everybody's putting their names into uh, into the Goblet of Fire. Fred and George take their age and Lee Jordan, who we know is their best friend. He announces the Quidditch games. They um, take the aging potion. Yeah, they take the aging potion. Fred and George go across the age line, and it's like, oh shit, it's gonna happen. But before they get to the goblet, they get blown back, exploded back, and grow immediate long white beards. By the way, I can't wait to see that in the movie. That will definitely not get cut out in the movie. I certainly hope not. I don't even remember, but everyone laughs, including the twins, because it's so ridiculous. It's it's just one of those things where you have to go. All right, I tried. Laugh at yourself. What else are you gonna do? So Cedric Diggory puts in his name because he's of age. Yeah, Angela uh, Johnson. Angelina Johnson. Angelina Johnson, who is a, a seeker, not a seeker. She's a, uh, a chaser. Chaser. Harry's the seeker. There's only one seeker. Chaser on the Quidditch team. She's of age, so everyone's like, "All right, yay, Angelina!" They're, obviously, like, I think anyone if they have someone in their house putting it putting in, they're probably rooting for them to get picked. All the Bobatons, you know, walk in, and of course, a very orderly fashion, put mm-hmm. their name into the goblet. And now because Harry, Ron, and Hermione have nothing to do with this at this point, they're like, all right, we're just going to like, yeah, well, and we don't need to sit around and wait for the results. Yeah, we'll come so, back for the results. They're yeah. like, we're going to go. They've got hours. So they'll see Hagrid. So they go see Hagrid and they get to, and Hagrid is dressed, dressed up. I'm doing air quotes. Dressed to the nines. He's dressed to the twos, if we're being honest. To the zeros. He's wearing, he, why all of his coats have hair? Like they're furry. I guess it's like, how do you love animals so much, but everything is hairy? Do you have a booger? Are you talking about this one? Is it a huge booger? No, it's a little, it's a little cave. It's a this little bit. How many episodes will I have a booger on? How many episodes will I pick your nose? Uh, you guys, subscribe to our YouTube. <laughs> You'll love it. Do you want to watch two, two girls, one girl pick another girl's? Do you want to see her pick my nose live? Because yeah. we do live readings on Patreon. Patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. Be there for that because... It's where else are you going to see that kind of content? I mean, hot to your YouTube eventually. Subscribe to our OnlyFans, which is a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, he's in like a hairy brown suit. He's got like a checkered, what is it, orange and yellow tie. Nobody mentions it. They're like, they're like, okay, cool. You're just dressed like that. Just whatever. Chat with him. He's of in course, a great mood. Hermione's on her soapbox about a house elves again. Hagrid, uh, as everybody has, is like. Hermione, you're doing them a disservice. Stop. Everybody, the elves are happy. They're happy where they are. He's also, he also mentions that the blasted scroots are doing great. They're going, but they do are killing each other, which who knows, but they're all like, okay, cool. Fun talk. It's Halloween, by the way, is the day that they're drawing the names, which is always fun. And they're like, let's get back up for the feast. And then they run into Madame Maxine walking her students up. And that's when we realize. Hagrid's getting dressed up for Madame Maxine. He's like, oh my God, there's a woman who's my size. She a big girl. He's enamored. They're going to have big love. I mean, and the look in his eyes is like this pure joy love that, uh, that we haven't seen Hagrid make except for when he had that fucking baby dragon, Norbert, that was trying to burn. He loves his mommy. I mean, Hagrid's nuts. By the way, I love that he perceives her as a dragon. Like that's his brain is like registering the same sort of love that he has for a dragon for animals as for, a woman. As for which is either like it's so it's so Lenny from of mice and men. Yeah. It's either oh, like a ru- very rude sentiment for this woman or a true testament to how much he loves animals, uh, which it's hard to tell, but 
I love that Hagrid has a crush. So now Hagrid has a crush. Harry has a crush. Ron Ron's has a crush. feeling that Bobaton girl. Hermione loves elves. Loves elves. Hot not for elves. Uh, yes, everyone's got a crush except Hermione, which is fine. She's yeah. studious. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need love. I'm busy with my yeah. business. Yeah, she is quite the independent woman. Uh, Absolutely. And it's Goblet of Fire time. We're back. Goblet of Fire shoots up the results. First up, Durmstrang. By the way, uh, Dumbledore's pulling the results. Yeah, he's pulling them. So he doesn't pull it. It comes up and he grabs it. So first up, Durmstrang, a name shoots out. He grabs it. Of course, it's Victor Crumb. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be Victor Crumb? And then Bobatons. And that is Fleur Delacour, de which if you're not a French speaker, means flower of the heart. Mm-hmm. Is her name. Her name is Flower of the Heart. It's the gorgeous silvery blonde that we saw before. And Ron's just sitting there fucking just... Fucking well, because yeah, it's like oh, not only is she hot, she's a fucking badass. Oh, he is sold, so in love. And then up comes the Hogwarts one, and it's Cedric Diggory. Great, and so Dumbledore's like awesome. He starts giving a little speech about we've all got to support our champions. Goblet of Fire, it just blah, blah. and then the Goblet of Fire erupts again. Another one, and Dumbledore grabs it and reads it. It's 